As we can hear him get up and walk away. <laughs> okay, let's go. Clank, clank, clank. Good. <laughs> you are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode 120. Talk about liar, like you pop goddamn liar. <laughs> you're saying I should set the bar lower. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Hey, my bad. My bad. A semi entertaining show about very entertaining things. We talk about things like pop culture, nostalgia, movies, music, video games, you know, whatever catches our fancy for the week. My name is Finley Shakohoff, and I'm joined by Wally Betravius. Hello, everybody. And Nancy. Hi. You were you way did. too slow. Jimmy was reading the script. <laughs> that I was, sir. <laughs> this week, we're going to talk about the second week of the newly renamed Harley Quinn Birds of Prey, the Netflix series Lock and Key, Sonic the Hedgehog, and a little 1985 gem known as Transylvania 65000. We are going to spoil the hell out of all of these things. Very likely. Yes. You've been warned. Be angry, and we will then yell at you on the air and make fun of you. That's all. Repeatedly. Yeah. I would I would like to kind of start off um, this episode by acknowledging a couple of our listeners who wrote in with some of their lists from last week's conversation. About songs that remind them of movies. Ooh. We had some good ones. Yeah. On our little, on our little chat, on our emails, et cetera, et cetera. So, listener Matt writes in with number five, I Touch Myself, reminds him of Austin Which is Power. weird because that wasn't even part of his list. He just wanted to tell us that he touches himself. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Super weird. So while, watching you know, Austin, okay. while watching Austin Powers. No judgment um, here. I, I, hopefully, it's the fembot parts and not... Uh, the Austin Powers the hairy chest. <laughs> yes. And at number four, he's got Fur Not Elise. Not there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> and it reminds him of It. Uh, see, I, I, that is, I have not seen that version of It in a while, so I need to go back and watch that's, that. That's the original version, right? Yeah, the, the Tim. Fur, Fur Elise. I got it. Yep. Okay. Um, number three is Bohemian Rhapsody, Wayne's World. I believe that was on a couple of our lists, was it not? Right. Yes. Wonderful. Hooked on a Feeling, Guardians of the Galaxy. Da, 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 solid, da, da. solid. Very good. I'm hooked on a feeling. You don't need that, Greg, at all. Please don't <laughs> and, ever do that again. And his number one was actually on my list, but for a different movie. Because his number one was Tequila. And it reminds him of Sandlot. Perhaps he is too young for Pee Wee Herman. Yep. 
Tequila <laughs> reminds me of nothing because I don't remember anything from tequila. Now, we also had one more list. It was written in by our listener, Alec. And these are in no particular order since Alec didn't number them. But we've got Jungle Boogie, which reminds him of Pulp Fiction. Layla reminds him of Goodfellas. That's a pretty good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, come and oh, get your love, Guardians movie. of the Galaxy. So we had two people Ooh. who actually associated songs with Guardians. This one, this one, if I'd have thought about it, it might have made my list. But he's got Time is on my side from Fallen. Because now when I, after seeing the movie, I think of that movie when I hear time, you know, the time is on my Oh, God. That's yes, what we're doing. Wasn't that what the, what the dude was like singing as he yeah. bounced around? Yeah. Yeah. I got five on it. Reminds him of us. Oh, and, that's sweet. And Sister Christian from uh, reminds me of Boogie Nights. Nice. I want to sing Sister Christian, but I think that Jimmy would smash his face into the. Go ahead, Greg. No. Do it. No no No. one needs to hear that. I dare you. Don't volunteer yourself. I triple dog dare you. He triple dog dared you. You have to. Sister Christian, oh, your time has come. And I know I'm not the only one. I don't know the words. It did good Good enough, sir. But a motor red. Yep. There it is. Yeah. Someday this is oh. this podcast is going to devolve into karaoke and Rob is going to eat our lunches because he's much better at it than we are. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, if you ever want to write in with your lists and have us read them, feel free. We we'd love to get lists from from our listeners and we will be more than happy to include them in the episode. Yeah, please do. That was very cool. Thank you, uh, gentlemen, for writing in. <laughs> So let's jump over to news. Let's do some nudes. I, I, ooh, I don't, I don't think I want your nudes. Yeah, too late. Oh, dang! I already like Rob does not speak for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to say that I, I did recently just see a trailer for the new Amazing Stories, the re-release. You mm-hmm. remember Amazing Stories from the 80s, right? Oh, yeah. I just saw a trailer for the Amazing Stories that's due to be released on March 6th. Yeah. And it kind of makes me sad I don't have Apple TV. Because I, right. I really kind of like watch it. Oh! That shit ain't gonna last. No, it probably will. There's too many Apple cultists out there who will subscribe to anything. Plus, if you uh, buy, if you buy an Apple TV box, you get it for free. This, let me, well, as I, I don't know, this isn't really a snap decision. Is there anything on there right now that makes you go, Oh man, I want to see that. <sighs> there. Amazing stories is the first one I've seen that I was like, Oh man, yeah, amazing that. stories would, would be something that would drive me in. There has been some things I've been curious about like that. See, I'm not M night Shia Malama Lama thing. Malama Mumu. He's for the m- most part a hack. So well, that's it's that's why it's a morbid, a morbid, a morbid curiosity. What's a morbid curiosity? A morbid curiosity. That is me making up a new pronunciation. That Jason Momoa joint looks awful. The C. Yeah, looks stupid. 
Um, yeah, I man, I just see that. I'm like, isn't that the, subscribing isn't to there that. like a, a news show? There's type a morning show? show thing with I think uh, Jennifer Aniston and yeah. um, it's got, that one gets good reviews. But Steve I've Carell, seen, I've seen that not that show specifically, but I've seen that type of show a lot. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they can yeah. do anything new compared to Newsroom or any of those other kind of shows. There's money behind it; it'll last. Yeah. So, uh, it might be one of those situations where we see how Amazing Stories does, and then I get a free free version of the Apple TV for a little while. Although, technically, my mom just bought a new Apple TV, so she has Apple TV for a year. So, maybe I'll just visit there. Do you get to rob your mom? Yeah. I mean, no. I rob his mom all the time. Wow. God, I hope she's not listening. Ever. <laughs> One, she does listen. Two, I'm offended. Hi, Mom. I feel like I know too much about Rob's sex life now. I have a feeling that he runs into the bedroom naked and is like, prepare to be robbed. I just, uh, it's I, like I, when I, I go into the bathroom and open the door and announce it's shitting time. <laughs> there is a look on Jimmy's face that is not a good one. No, Jimmy finds that story amusing because he knows where that comes from. What uh, with the knowledge now that your mother listens to this and the things that were just said, I am very, very uncomfortable. No, the um, the it's shitting time story is is a good one um, that I think should be told on air. Uh, well, it did happen to me. It did. It did. And it's hilarious. Super funny. So, so there I was. off the rails, but so, yeah, it's we'll, worth we'll, just it. do, we'll go off the rails real quick. So there, there I was. I decided <laughs> to use a public restroom before teaching because there's nothing worse than having to pee and or poop while teaching. <laughs> so I decided to go to the restroom before teaching. And while I was in one of the stalls, a, some dude walked into the restroom. Of course, I couldn't see him, but I could tell that there was someone there. And he announced loudly to the well actually no it was kind of under his breath really but he still said it out loud he said it's shitting time as he like <laughs> as he like shoved open the door of the like he was in me. a western saloon or something <laughs> that was good yeah so he he shoved open the door next to me and i had to get out of there very quickly and you there, ran in and told me I I was apoplectic. <laughs> that, that reminds me very strongly of the Barnes and Noble incident. Yeah, well, that'll be saved for another episode, I think, because the too many sh- poop stories this evening. But just stay tuned, guys. There will be more poop stories in a future episode. <laughs> Do we have any other actual news? So some news broke earlier this week, and they have announced the Masters of the Universe, the animated show on Netflix. They voice cast mm, yeah and I, I i saw this and what what was my comment greg uh, which that it should not be terrible the the animation yeah that i hope well, they don't I, do that we'll, we'll get to that in a second let me just yeah. read through the list and then I, I will gonna cover that so we have the masters of the universe voice cast uh mark hamill as skeletor which is great Love casting yeah actually all it. of the casting is good lena hetty mm-hmm. seriously as evil in also mm-hmm. awesome uh, yep. chris chris wood as he-man okay sarah michelle geller as tila Excellent. Liam Cunningham as Love Man it. at Arms. Love it. Steven Root, which is awesome as Cringer. That is uh, uh, Milton. Milton from yeah Milton from Office Space and a Florida graduate. Uh, sticking on the Office Space front, Diedrich Bader. Oh, the nice. neighbor. What's, what's the neighbor's name? Uh, not Randy. Randall, right? 
No, that's Clerks. Well, either way, Diedrich Bader from Clerk, from also from. Isn't he uh, also from um, Drew Carey show? Yeah, from Drew Carey uh, as King Randor and Trapjaw. Okay. Uh, Henry Rollins as Triclops. Awesome. Amazing. Alicia Silverstone as Creed Marlena. Alicia Silverstone also going to be at Megacon. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a problem for me. That's a problem for me and probably my wife. Uh, <laughs> not if she doesn't go. Not for Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> not yet. Well, it's a problem for Alicia Silverstone's security people. Uh, Justin Long as Roboto. Jason Mewes as Stinkor, the, the actual stinky uh, skunk guy. <laughs> Um, Tony Todd as Scareglow, who I have yes, no idea so who that is. Amazing. Who, Tony Todd or Scareglow? I don't know who Scareglow is, but I know who Tony Todd is. Okay. Kevin Conroy as Merman. Um, so there's that's some uh, Harley Quinn Smith, speaking of Harley Quinn, uh, as Alina, who is. I don't know who Alina is. Yeah, I know who Harley Quinn Smith is, but. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so anyway, Rob, Oh, and Cree, Cree Summer as the priestess. Mm-hmm. She was the frizzy haired girl on a different world. Uh, that's interesting. So I, you mentioned the animation style oh. and go, go ahead and talk about that real quick. I just, I, I just really hope that they don't go lazy animation style. Like they're doing with the reboot of Thundercats. I am absolutely disgusted at what they've done with the reboot of Thundercats. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. It's like, they made it look like, uh, Powerpuff Girls or whatever that style is. No, I, it's I, it's it's even worse than Powerpuff Girls. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's like bubble arms and stuff and just big round eyes and No, I'm gonna look it up real quick. Yeah, d- look it look it up, Jimmy. Take a look and yeah, I'm and I was literally vomit on the thing. Now yeah. so I because of that, I was like, Yeah, you're right. I would oh please no, please no, please no. So I looked it up. I'm trying to find it again, but I did find out the company that is doing it. It is the same company that did the Castlevania show. Oh, okay. And, and the animation reel of this company is top notch across the board. Good shading, anime inspired, you know, with a where things kind of look like they have really good lighting algorithms and stuff like or I don't really I think Jimmy just found the pictures. Oh, he's lighting yeah, algorithms. This same face. <laughs> that same face he made when I weird when we were talking about like that Thundercats roar thing. Yes. No. Oh, how terrible is that animation style? No, that's why I don't watch any of these new spastic ass cartoons like Adventure Time or I. It does not appeal to me at all. They're all screaming all the time and herky jerky motions, and it uh, looks like shit. Yeah, it looks terrible. They uh, reuse with they reuse animations. It's yeah, yeah with. I doubt Kevin Smith would go that route, but I I don't know. Uh, it, what I'm does this find the name of the company that does it? Um, yeah, what does this mean for the the live action movie then? Nothing. Uh, Is it's that... on. It's was put on indefinite hold last time. All right. Yeah. Um, but if this does well, it might actually help to push it along. I yeah, would think. Maybe, or if it does if it, well, it'll just keep going as an animated series. Right. Um, but if, if it does well, it could also show that there's enough interest to warrant actually green lighting the, the movie. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I think that's what they're concerned about. I think, I think they're wondering whether or not there's still any interest in He-Man. Sure. And I think, I think that's a valid, that's a valid concern being how old the He-Man property itself is. Yeah, we're still alive. 
You can sell at least three tickets. Opening night. <laughs> we got to talk about it the next week. <laughs> yeah, I can't find the name of the company. Nobody else will be. Okay. So that that was my little bit of news. I got a little bit of news as well. Go for it. Gentlemen, we have a Friday the 13th in March. What? What? I don't know why I said it like that, but that's exciting. Uh, generally, uh, really cool stuff happens those days. Um, this next coming Friday the 13th, guys, if you were interested at all in going to Spooky Empire, that's your day to buy tickets because they generally are 13 bucks. Um, and then the other, the first of hopefully a lot of cool things that happened that day, uh, the medieval Korean zombie extravaganza kingdom returns Friday, Ooh. March 13th. So, uh, the last, you know, season one left off on a, a pretty significant cliffhanger, the huge battle about to happen. And, uh, that's one that really just hooked me in and I can't wait for that. So we finally have a release date for season two, Friday, March 13th. I'm taking that day off because it might as well be a holiday. Uh, Powerhouse Animation Studios is the name of the animation studio. Well done, sir. Yeah, it took me a little while. I thought Powerhouse I'd Animation. Uh, awesome reel on their yeah. website. I wouldn't look at it now because it kind of immediately plays, but it looks good. Anyway, it is time for the wonderful news from our weird, wild shape that is state. That is shaped like a penis. That's Florida. Welcome to Florida. It's time for WTF. So the one that I have for this week, somebody told me about it, and I immediately had to look it up. All right. Because there was a gentleman, a gentleman by the name of Stefan Short. <laughs> hey. Yes, Stefan Short. Oh, he Stephane. went into his local local grocery and was stealing ribeyes and he apparently was shoving them down his pants and when they tried to stop they had they had called the the store had called the police because there was a suspicious man shoving meat down his pants yeah go ahead and as he tried to leave the store they tried to stop him and he took off running well as he's running his uh running running his meat is falling out of his pants yeah right Hello. And the police tell him to stop. You have my attention. And in an effort to <laughs> evade police, he starts shedding his clothes. So he is getting naked and all of the meat is falling out of his pants and and the cops tell him to stop and his pants fall down around his ankles and he trips and he tries to get up and he tries to run away and the cops tase him. All right. of that is kind of tame, but I absolutely loved that when he got tased, he turned around to the cops and one of the prongs hit his dick. So he got tased in the dick. Yep. <laughs> that sounds like it was a mistake. Oh, yeah. yeah. So welcome to Florida, Stefan Short. <sighs> yeah. Enjoy I got, I got your one. time in the Deland uh, Volusia County Jail, sir. Yeah, I 
also have a little one here. This was actually sent in to us by a listener as well, but also something I had seen. Mm-hmm. And we had, I believe, talked about it at some point, not on the show, but just in general. Uh, in Florida, the officials officials had to park officials had to cordon off a portion of a park in uh, where is this in uh, near Lake Hollingsworth, a small lake in central Florida, because a snake orgy was going on. I'm here. The life of the orgy has arrived. A bunch of Florida water snakes uh, gathered together for their yearly or annual, we'll say annual, which is the same thing as yearly, snake orgy. Our home has been selected to host the vampire orgy. In which they all, a bunch of relatively harmless water snakes, slither together and join together. Yeah, in a writhing ball of snake love. Orgy stuff. And then a little bit later, you know, Bumping uh, snake uglies. Yeah, I, I had to look up some information on this. I found out way more about snake sex than I wanted to. I'm really getting into it. Don't lie. You already knew all about snake sex. Shh. I'm trying to play. <laughs> I've course. seen your Google search history. Don't play cool, man. That's right. It is, it is snake orgy season, as they said. But apparently these uh, snakes are uh, water snakes give birth to live uh, snakes, live oh. babies. <laughs> And they can give up to give birth to up to uh, sixty babies at a time, yeah. each measuring between seven and eleven inches. Rob and I are both getting the willies over here, and they they tend to hang from kind of like me. Yeah, that mo- these are the snakes that you sometimes see like hanging from uh, from trees. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. dropping <laughs> dropping snake babies. They also said they're very thin, like a piece of spaghetti, just like Rob. <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, that was a good one. So, yeah, snake orgies and dudes with ribs coming out of their pants. Yeah. That's, that's Excellent. what Florida has to He stole $42, $43 worth of steak and butterscotch pudding from yeah, Save-A-Lot. It was forty, like forty three dollars worth of ribeyes, which is what, like three steaks. Well, from yeah. save a lot. <laughs> oh well, that's a that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of meat. Sh- shall we move to our regular topics? Thank you, Florida, for providing us with entertainment every week. It takes me at least six months to recover from any orgy. Yes, it does. So I think I think we should start with Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. We mentioned it a little bit last week and said that we'd touch back up on it this week. <laughs> it was it was released last weekend. Am I the only one who saw it, by the way? Uh, uh, correct. Yes. Oh, OK. Oh, well, this should be quick. then. <laughs> I, I want to see it. I don't. The, tra- the trailers didn't interest me at all. I thought they were terrible. I actually enjoyed it. The reviews I, did. I, I enjoyed it. I liked it. I I don't I mean, it's not going to win any Oscars, let's be mm. honest, but it, it was it was it was a solid, solid middling movie for me. Um, not as funny as like a Deadpool or anything like that or or as good as some of the other superhero movies that we've known and come to love. Yeah, but it was it was enjoyable. The characters were good. I I love Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. I think she plays the role perfectly. The uh, Black Canary, played by uh, that's Journey Smollett, right? Yes, yeah. Yep. Journey Smollett plays the Black Canary. I loved Black Canary. 
even Rosie Perez as the as the washed up cop. Yeah, uh, that's a cool casting. I, I like that. I casting. saw yeah. a picture and I was like, "Is no, that's not Rosie the, Perez." The the one that I did have a little bit of trouble with was the girl who plays Huntress, and I I think it was I think it was probably a directorial choice and not so much the acting because I think she was supposed to act like kind of awkward and kind of weird and stuff, but like try to be a badass at the same time, and I I just don't feel that it worked. Was, I, she was played by I think the girl from uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim, the Mary Elizabeth Winstead, yeah. right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so I I. I didn't really like the way that she was portrayed. And I don't know if that makes sense. And I'm, and I'm not sure if it's an acting, I don't think it was an acting thing. I think it was the way that they designed and set up the character. So I think she was supposed to do that. I just didn't like the, the design of that character. But, um, it was released last weekend and we discussed on the last episode that it didn't do so well. And when I looked up the numbers for this past weekend, the the numbers fell off and they fell off like you would expect the numbers to fall off. So I don't know how much better it's actually going to do. Yeah, I fell off 47 percent. Yeah, which is 48 percent, which is it's kind of standard for a second weekend drop, isn't it? Yeah. Like Wonder Woman fell off 45 percent. Right. It just didn't have that initial surge. Put it in perspective, at least uh, when it comes to comic book movies from DC, at least. Yeah. I'm sure Wonder Woman made a significant amount more. Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot. This one opened up on the same par as, I believe, just a little bit above Dark Phoenix. Because this one opened up at, was it 38 or 33? Uh, Initial numbers were 33, and they bumped it up with actual numbers to 35. Okay, so it opened up a little bit better than Dark Phoenix. And I think it had a better second weekend as well. Uh, That was 17. Yeah, so this one was 19 in its second weekend. So this one did a little bit better than than for that as well. Um, And we talked about why it did so poorly. And so many people are pointing to the fact that it had an R rating and people can't get out to see an R rated movie. They don't want to take their kids to see an R rated superhero movie. And... I mean, honestly, I really don't think that's the case because Deadpool freaking raked it in. I mean, let's let's be honest. There there have been R-rated movies that have proven that a super uh, an R-rated superhero movie can more than pull its fair share. Mm-hmm. I think it might be the the property or the marketing or or something more than the fact that it's an R-rated movie. I don't really think that was that was its main issue. Yeah, this this was birthed from Suicide Squad, correct? Right. Yeah. And I mean that's that's got a pretty tainted reputation. Well, Suicide Squad did really well. I looked up a lot of stuff about this. So Suicide Squad did very well, mm-hmm. but but not a people. It's a lot of people saw it. Not a lot of people went out and said that they liked it. Right. Harley Quinn has a few groups of people that really like that character. A lot of it is younger females. Mm-hmm. Um, which you've seen. You, we've seen the cosplayer stuff like that. Um, older perverts. Rob, did you mm-hmm. enjoy the movie? No, I'm kidding. I did. Okay. I did. Um, so it's definitely you know old, older males. And when I say older, I'm not talking, I'm talking about not teenagers. Um, and it's a, it's a definitely a neat, very niche group mm-hmm. that like, it's because people like, would say 
my in-laws, for example, Your they go see all of love Harley Quinn that love Harley Quinn. Um, they, for example, would rushed out to see Wonder Woman, rushed out to see the Batman movie or Superman or mm-hmm. obviously all of the Avengers movies and everything like that. But they wouldn't see a Harley Quinn movie. So that's right. I just don't think she's got the same notoriety as the others. Yeah. Um, and then there's on top. So anything that cuts away from a large portion of the group of people that would see it, i.e. Mm-hmm. people that don't know what Birds of Prey are, but know who Harley Quinn is. Mm-hmm. So that's a problem. Or people or the younger group that can't see it without dragging their parents there. Right. Because as say 10% of the people couldn't go because it was rated R 10% of the people couldn't go because it was, they didn't know it was out or they just scanned through the movie listings mm-hmm. and only saw birds of prey on the thing. and was like, what the hell is that? Is this a national geographic movie? Uh, take the, that 20% of 33 million and add it on there. And all of a sudden we're talking about a movie that was a surprise hit. So, and then the, on my end, the marketing, it just, it looked like two suicide squad for me to trust it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Because I, I've seen Suicide Squad multiple times and I don't remember seeing it multiple times because it's that bland. <laughs> yeah. But. And, and I think that's kind of, I mean, this movie is just kind of middle of the road. I mean, it's not, it's not a great movie, but it's not a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. It's not a movie that's a waste of time. But I mean, in, in today's society, when, when, or in, t- in today's environment where going to the movies by yourself costs 40 bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. There's the only, only like the really good movies are actually going to make a lot of money because people aren't going to spend the 40 bucks to go out to a movie to watch it. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, it's it's crazy expensive when we can get everything in our houses on demand at this point. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, when I went to to uh, Doolittle and it just the way the line was, I had I paid for my family and then my um, my neighbor's family. So it was Mm -hmm. six, six tickets. And when I did the math to get paid back, I thought I did the math wrong. I was like, okay, you owe me $80. Wait, that can't be right. We went in the afternoon and I looked and oh shit, it was. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. So uh, overall plot wise, did it miss not having the Joker? Did it, how was, how was Ewan McGregor in this movie? Oh, Ewan McGregor was amazing in this movie. I really liked him as the, uh, as what is it? Black mask. Yeah. Is that the character's name? Yeah. Black mask. He was, he was so just out there and was just really kind of unstable and off his rocker and just so bipolar, just all over the place. And I loved it. Ewan McGregor was so great. Yeah. That's the one thing that really wanted me to, wanted to make me see that movie because the, the trailer where it shows him, mm-hmm. like at first I didn't realize it was Ewan McGregor. Then I was like, wow, that's really like, I like that take on the character. And then I realized it was Ewan McGregor and I'm like, Ooh, they did, that. however, marginalize another another villain because uh, uh, Bl- Black Mask's um, valet mm-hmm. or whatever his assistant, whatever, was John Zaz. Oh, did they did they do the did they make him a like a hitman again? 
No, they made him his lieutenant. Uh, see, I don't like that version of him. Uh, the, when Zaz was first uh, it, like brought into the Batman universe, it was in a mm-hmm. it was in a comic called Shadow of the Bat. It was like the first like five issue series, and he was a, like actually just a serial killer that would like he wasn't a hitman serial killer. He was just a like he was like a rich dude that was just killing people for fun and scratching numbers in his body. Right. And And like in in this version, he was, he was the Lieutenant who basically did all the dirty work for black mask. And he liked cutting people's faces off and black mask would keep faces as trophies. Well, who doesn't off Jimmy threatens to cut my face off at least once a week. I I told him that at work one time when he was my boss and that you were going to wear it. And go to his house and pretend to be him for a night. Well, now you've given me a night. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, so Birds of Prey. I would I would recommend seeing it. I enjoyed it. I wouldn't recommend seeing it opening night or even paying full price for it. I, I would probably say $5 Tuesday uh, at most a matinee. But even matinees are expensive now. Yeah. yeah. I went to see it at a matinee and it still cost me 40 bucks between the ticket and food. Mm. How much food did you buy? Jesus. Uh, well, I bought How popcorn. How much food did you buy, Jesus? <laughs> yes, sir. that's what I was Jesus asking. Jesus makes his own food. He doesn't need my food. Yeah. Right. I always got to buy Jesus food. Okay, let's move on from cutting my face off to... I believe the song was Jesus Take the Wheel, not Jesus Take My Food. Jesus Eat My Food. Jesus Eat My Popcorn. Jesus Eat My Popcorn. <laughs> Have some soda too. This is we need to do an all musical episode where we sing everything. <laughs> like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We'll call it our Buffy episode. Yeah. No one wants to see that. Uh, okay, we're gonna switch from Birds of Prey to a lovely little movie about a blue hedgehog. Ooh, Sonic the Hedgehog. I did not see this. I don't Came want out. to see it. I went out and saw it because of the fact. Well, first of all, the tra- the trailer came out, which we all know. Mm-hmm. It still looks stupid after they fixed it. It was good. It looked dumb. Quite you. Quite. Uh, when the first Jesus, pe- teaser poster my came food. out. My God. <laughs> I'm going to tase Jimmy. Uh, On his penis. Yes. Ugh, no. Uh, anyway, a bunch of when the trailer first came out, the first poster, a lot of people did not like the appearance of Sonic. They didn't like the way his legs looked kind of human and his feet looked kind of human. And then his he had like human <laughs> teeth, which was freaky. Did you say and, like, pubic teeth? <laughs> <laughs> I did not say pubic teeth. Uh, it looked human teeth. <laughs> and they just it, there was a lot of issues with the appearance. Uh, so when the trailer came out, it, the it got even worse. So the director, Jeff Fowler, who is a special effects guy, and uh, uh, maybe, he, I don't know if he's a special effects guy or if he was a visual effects guy. But anyway, mm-hmm. on May 2nd of this past year, uh, Jeff Fowler did announce on Twitter that they were going to redesign Sonic, and they actually postponed the movie from Thanksgiving weekend. Not a very good special effects guy, is he, if he made Sonic look like that the first time? Well, he was more on the director side. It was there was a lot he going on there. Know. Well, yeah. <laughs> Come on, he should know better. Just handed it off. Anyway, like, okay. so, they, so they hired a new artist, Tyson Hesse, and they based the character more on the video game. They 
you know, changed the, the gloves. They changed basically they spent um, an additional five million dollars to fix it up and release the movie. I was very happy that the movie did so well because they actually listened to their fans and actually paid some more graphic designers and artists to fix some stuff. The movie, just real quick, uh, the voice of Sonic is Ben Schwartz, who you might know as uh, uh, from Parks and Recreation. James Marsden, Jim Carrey plays Dr. Eggman, or what is his name? Not Dr. Eggman. They just make fun of him. Yes, that guy. Domo Origato. Robotnik. Yeah. Uh, Robotnik, there we go. They refer to him as Eggman occasionally. Um, One of them. It's also got uh, Tika Sumter, Natasha Rothwell, and Adam Pally, who is a son of a bitch. Fuck that guy. Do we know who Adam Pally is? No. I do not. Adam Pally is the motherfucker that punched Baby Yoda. (gasps) He knows what he did. He was the stormtrooper? He was one of the stormtroopers. The other one was... uh, I forget the other one. The other one was... um, Uh, He's a comedy guy. He's uh, he's from SNL. Adam, we're coming for you. Yeah, Adam Pally is the he played uh, the gay friend on Happy on Happy Endings, the TV show. But anyway, he's in it. He's good. But he punched Baby Yoda, so we'll he's find a you. Bastard. And a child. Yes. The synopsis after I love the, I love when you read synopsises or taglines, and you can like tell that they're trying to explain it to people that have no idea what the project is. Cause like you really don't need to tagline a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, but after discovering a small blue fast hedgehog, a small town police officer must help it defeat an evil genius who wants to do experiments on it. Hmm. That's about right. Um, very fun movie. I like this. Uh, the, the two kids I went to with, to the movie liked it. Uh, all of the families liked it. It was very similar in tone and enjoyment to the Detective Pikachu movie. Ed Helms. Uh, no, it wasn't Ed Helms. I did enjoy the Detective Pikachu movie. It's very, very similar, similar tonally. Um, maybe a little bit like Hop, in a way. You can, you know, if you if you like the tone and the humor of those movies, um, there was definitely some callbacks to the game. I was not a Sonic person because I didn't have a Sega growing up, but Nintendo baby. Yeah, I was a Nintendo kid, but. You know, my my extent of playing Sonic was at like, uh, you know, Sears or something when, you know, in the little sampling thing. But, you know, the Jim Carrey got to be Jim Carrey in it. Um, basically, it came out like he at the end of the movie, my wife turned to me and was like, wow, he really channeled Ace Ventura. There was a lot of that kind of humor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's kind of back to his original self. And like I found out afterwards that he pretty much ad libbed all of his parts um, as this like super genius that really can't stand anyone else. And he definitely does want to catch Sonic. One of the things, uh, the, the way this kind of works or the way a movie kind of works is Sonic is not everyone in Sonic's land has that power. So when the um, echidnas, the little red dudes uh, are after him, there's a random talking owl at the beginning of the movie, which doesn't make sense, but it's only, it's like literally less than a minute. Um, she throws a ring, one of the gold rings that you see in the game and it opens up a portal and he ends up going to earth and he has a list of all of these safe places where they can't get to him. So once he, if he's going to get caught, he has to go to the next place upon trying well, to, if they catch him at the place that he went to, then it's not safe. Is it? Well, the, no, like they, there's a li- like 
the if he if he goes to Earth and he causes trouble or people realize who he is and re- thinks he like realizes he's an alien, he has the ability to basically make these like portals and go to the next place. So there's a list of like different planets he can go to that are safe. Uh, so he's on Earth and he's enjoying himself, but he doesn't. The next planet he doesn't want to go to is like a planet just full of mushrooms, which at the time honestly I thought was like a, a knock at Mario Brothers, but it's actually something from the game, like one of the levels in the game. Mm. And in, like, there's literally no one there, so he'd be safe there. But he doesn't want to go there because there's no one there. So you know, he's he's great, but because he's so fast, he's kind of living. He's trying to just watch people so that he can actually like live a life rather than just kind of hiding in a cave. So you know, he'll run and like hide in a bush and like watch his kids play baseball or like Rob does mm-hmm. usually. Um, or he'll like, but from watch. fifty feet away. Yeah, yeah. Or he'll watch like a family watching a movie, like I I do. Um, so anyway, it's a certain point he is he becomes so sad. Which you've seen this in the trailer. He becomes so sad that he's like alone. That he he ends up running so fast to like burn off some stress that he sets he basically sets off an EMP. The government finds out about him and he has to leave Earth. But he uh, loses his his little golden rings. And so they have to get to the rings, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's a really cute movie. I had a great time with it. Um, particularly the kids, I would definitely suggest seeing it. Um, I did, however, find something else that I want you guys to hear. So I'm going to go ahead and play this for for you guys. I'll get you Sonic the Badgehog. That's me. You look like you're wearing a sexy Sonic the Hedgehog Halloween costume. She takes us to my current home, Earth, where my video game ass can be as slutty as Leisure Suit Larry. I want you to go knuckles deep in me. I guess I'm blue fast, blue furious for you. I haven't been wet since the Mario Kart accident. Medical bills got so high I had to sell my horniness just to pay them off. God bless America. I'm still horny. God, stop it. Humans are at their dumbest when they're jacking it. Hey? Not you, though. Does the carpet match the drapes? The carpet matches the drapes and my butt. <laughs> All right. Ew. And your butt. What? So uh, that is another, that was from YouTube, actually. So <laughs> you feel free to look that one up on YouTube. I'm not uh, going to search that at work so there's apparently a sonic the hedgehog porn parody all right when i was looking up information about the sonic the hedgehog movie yep that was one of the little like articles down at the bottom about this thing uh so Mm. if you if sonic the hedgehog is not for you you can always check out the sonic Hedgehog. if it's really for you you might also want to watch yeah, Sonic Hedgehog made uh, in its first weekend $57 million uh, on a budget of $90 million. This one will be interesting to see because one of its major markets is going to be China, and China is shut down right now. All of anything involving large public <laughs> gatherings was, is shut down. And I was going to make that comment about like Birds of Prey because they were going to rely on like overseas numbers. Uh, they were waiting on numbers from Japan and China, and I was like, well, you know, I, I don't think people are going out to see movies in Japan and China right now. In Japan, that's fine. They are. In China, like the government shut down movies. So it's not like yeah. people are scared and hiding in the no, place. Like they're literally not releasing them mm-hmm. over there. Uh, so 
we'll see. So it's going to be weird because all of a sudden, like if you watch these numbers like a year from now, all of a sudden I'll be like, oh, Sonic the Hedgehog just made another $10 million. <laughs> yeah. Why? Oh, because China is Because China saw it. Yeah, they're basically getting everything like eight months down the line. It'll be interesting. <laughs> so we're going to go move on from Sonic the Hedgehog, I guess, to Lock and Key. Sure. Let's talk about Lock and Key a little bit. So all of us watch this one, uh, at least some of it, right? I've seen some. I swear to God, I've watched that first episode, I think, like eight times. It's for me. For me, it's like it's like uh, is it Fantasia with you or which movie is it that you can't watch that you that Yeah, your movie. The Princess Bride. Yes. Uh, Uh, I always I always fall asleep right around the part that he's dead. So mm. getting into the uh, intangibles real quick before we before we go into uh, because I'm really curious to see what it is, Rob, that that has you turned off from this um, it, or is it okay, just OK? Yeah, I, you said it earlier, but you know, yeah. explain it to everyone here uh, who's listening. Uh, Lock and Key was released on February 27th of this 7th, 27th. No, February 7th. You said 27th. Oh, sorry, February 7th. It's not the 27th yet. Yeah, not at all. Uh, February 7th of this year. It's on Netflix. It stars Darby Stanchfield, Connor Jessup, Amelia Jones, Jackson Robert Scott, Patrice Jones, and more people I've never heard of. Uh, three siblings move into their ancestral estate after their father's murder, discovered their new home's magical keys which must be used in their something. Their stand against an evil creature who wants the keys and their powers. All right. Yes. I was avoiding getting there, but uh, it's nothing you couldn't glean from the previews. So what do you guys think? Well, I'll say that my, my issue with the, with the show is, is nothing to do with the show. Mm -hmm. My, my problem is that I'll sit down to start it and I'll either a fall asleep or I'll get called or I'll get called or something will come up and I'll have to go do something. I'll walk away for a couple of minutes, come back. And I'm like, the hell is going on? Who are these? How did we get here? What, what is the, you know, stuff happens so fast. If you're not paying attention, you have to you're going to get, attention. you're going to get lost. Mm-hmm. And I, and you know, I would walk away for like five, 10 minutes, come back. And I'm yeah. like, the hell is going on? So, yeah, I feel like if you like you were saying, if you miss one thing, you're going to be lost for the rest of the series. Mm-hmm. And I'm four episodes in. I've had to hit reverse a few times because I. So I'm not the only looked one away or I had to answer an email or something like that. Yeah, no, you're I, or somebody I rang the doorbell and you got up and walked to the door and walked back. And then you're like, what the f- you're like? The, the fuck is going on? The lady in the well is out now. What? Yeah. Uh, There's a lady in the well. I, yes. It feels to me like you like Rob just has a problem with all of his the people that are around him and he should immediately shut them off from himself off from society. There you go. That's a great idea. That's, that sounds like just, a good plan. And then enjoy lock and key. So my initial thoughts, um, not as dark as I had imagined, um, a bit playful mm-hmm. and trying to turn off that voice that keeps saying, 
compare this to Stephen King, compare this to Stephen King, because Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. I think naturally one is going to draw comparisons and see where similarities lie, but he is an artist in his own right. And uh, I just have to turn that little voice in my head off and enjoy the series, which I am so far. Nice. Okay. I, yep. I am as well. And I feel like these kids are better written than the kids that I complained about in October faction. I mean, while they do do some questionable things, I I feel like they're they're a little bit more their their teenager angst is written a little bit better than the teenager angst from the kids in October Faction. Yeah, I and they have they have way more reason to be angsty too. They yes. do, yeah. and they I think they're they're generally um, good kids, and um, I think they were you know raised pretty well, and they're just trying to do right and fit in in a new town. You know, like, mm-hmm. like I think we all have. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't really have too much of a problem with the way the yeah. character. Let written. me do my, my initial thoughts here. No. I've, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I, I have read the graphic novels. Um, so I can't speak to the inability to understand because it's actually very close to some of the, the early graphic novels. Mm-hmm. So I, even if stuff was changed, I was like, oh, okay. That's this, that's that. In fact, mm-hmm. I don't honestly, if I remember correctly, that those shots of that long stairway down to the water that they used a lot with like the cliff and stuff. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, that, like, I don't know yet. Not to heaven. No, just no. No stairway. Denied. Thank you. Denied. Uh, if you can write in and tell us what movie that's from, you can. We'll, Rob will send you a hug. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, a picture a, of a, a sticker. Penis. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a sticker. I don't know. We're bad at mailing shit. Anyway, uh, it, like it looks exactly like it was drawn in the comic, which is crazy. But so this, the show. I was very interested to hear what you guys said because a lot of those thoughts crossed my mind. It was not as dark as I was expecting because I thought the comic was way darker. There's um, like kids in it, so it's like just like Stranger Things. Yeah, it's not that. I get that. That that's probably. I mean, after being in development hell for many many years, that's probably why it eventually got greenlit. But like in the comic, the dude was the 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 criminal kid mm-hmm. that. Um, well, it's the whole point of the show. They that shot these the good guy kids' father. Mm-hmm. He was way more sadistic, really, and it wasn't, and it was he was already pretty much a crazy kid, like, like already a criminal when he went nuts. Yeah. And there was very, if I remember correctly, there was no redeeming qualities to him. And in this one, there's, he's more possessed and convinced to do something. And it's more accidental. Whereas I think in the comic, it was, if I, maybe I read it wrong, but it was more purposeful. Okay. (laughs) He shot this guy. It wasn't like the gun just went off. He like did it on purpose. Mm. Um, I agree. I thought these kids were very well written. Um, Really all of them. I loved, I was very interested to see the reaction. So what the point we're talking about keys here, we should probably explain that at least. Yep. So there's like, go ahead. uh, The family after their father is murdered, they move into their uh, quote ancestral home and the father's actually ancestral. home. So it's, Um, and it is a place that uh, he never wanted them to return to. Um, now, the youngest kid uh, in exploring the new property 
speaks to his echo in a well. The echo tells him that keys are hidden around the house that he will find because they speak to him. They whisper to him, basically. Mm-hmm. And each key can has like <laughs> unlocks a different ability um, in mm-hmm. a way. There's like the head key or the mirror key where you the can, head key lets you like wander around inside, inside of your head, of your head and, yeah. and see your memories in a in a in a way that you would organize them which yeah. is kind of cool uh, there's neat. a matchstick key which can start fires mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, i'm i'm at the point where he just found the key that was in the sewing machine okay, i haven't seen that one yet yeah, yeah there's a there's a location key which is you mentioned the girl getting out of the well mm-hmm. there's like a the, evil the anywhere key i think they call it <laughs> yeah so wherever you you unlock a door you open up the door and that door will lead you wherever you want to which is how this demon is able to get out of a well i'm at the uh key he pulled from the painting that allows you to okay. travel outside of your body as if you were a ghost Yes, the door of death, and that is the one that I thought was. I was wondering how they were going to handle that because that scene in the comic actually gave me chills. Just the idea of like his this kid just dying when he walks through a door, and you know my thing with like young kids and comics and movies and stuff, and like the family finding him and freaking out because his ghost is now flying around on its own, and mm-hmm. knowing that if they move the body, he's screwed, and little things like that. Um, yeah, but they didn't really address that part in in the show. No, he just he uses the key, which I may have looked away and didn't see him do it. But he's flying around. He speaks to one of his dead relatives. It's pretty neat. That scene really gave me a Peter Pan vibe. Like, yeah, it was very cool. Scene. Very cool. And then it cuts back to his brother finding his body on the floor and it's like blue and bloated and like <laughs> yeah but when the 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 kid returns to his body oh, his brother also having the knowledge that these keys have the abilities the kid just he comes back into his body and goes gotcha yeah <laughs> so you, there's no like oh he was dead you know there's mm-hmm, right. it, it was just he knew he was going to come back and it was fine I guess because yeah, it like knocks the soul out of the thing. body. Wasn't there a movie that someone like knocked the soul out of somebody? There was like Doctor a, Strange. Yes, that's what. It, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it looks kind of like that, except there's a lot more sparkles. Tilda Swanton. Yeah, that was cool yep. as hell. Yeah, does so that kind of thing? Um, there's of course a story as to why they don't, why the father did not want to go to the house. And there's, it's sort of a murder mystery, which we won't spoil, but that's sort of the underlying story. Uh, really, the only thing I thought that was unbelievable, I mean, other than the you know the fantasy type things, was um, the names. There was the, some of the names were a little uh, well, they were from Seattle, so it sort of makes sense having ridiculous names. Rendell. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that the the um, boarding school was a little unbelievable, and the fact that literally every child in every like high school student in there was like attractive, and like way Whoa. into horror movies and stuff. I'm not supposed to call. I'm just kidding. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like they were like way into horror. Like well, like so all of these like attractive dudes and girls were like in this group that were calling themselves the good-looking popular kids. 
Yes. And but then they were they all loved horror movies and were shooting a horror movie like whereas that is usually for nerds like me. Yes. Now you the AV kids. All right. So you mentioned this. You mentioned and I quote early um, issues of the graphic novel. When did this come out? Because I feel like they had to do a lot of updating to the times. I read it. It was the first thing I ever read on digital comics. So that was what that had to be. I got it in digital probably 2010, 2011. So it had to come out way before then. Okay. Um, so, so a little I updating. Will, when they, I will look it up as you guys okay. talk. So what Greg's talking about. Also, there's a, a club that they're, they're so into horror. And I just, I, absolutely loved the nod and the uh they call themselves the savini squad that's that's what of it is. course mm-hmm. that being named after the legendary um special effects artist actor mr tom savini aka sex machine from dust till dawn tom savini is an absolute legend within horror and um he's actually in the series in the yeah. second episode, which I just thought was was absolutely amazing. Yeah, you, you gotta have a little bit of cred when you drop that in there, which mm-hmm. made me happy. Yeah, I definitely. I did not notice him. He was the, at the store, right? Yeah, he's the shopkeep who puts the jar of keys on the on the desk, and he turns around and he's got the little key symbol oh, on the back of his neck, okay. and the kid tries to put the key in and he pulls it away really quickly. So yeah, Tom Savini. Uh, Lock and key initially came out in February, 2008. The, the first series. Hmm? The, uh, the oh, first, oh. the first comic series came right. out in 2008. The graphic. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. Wow. Um, 12 years ago. Yeah. And the most, and the last edition actually came out 2000. There's a few one shot stories, 2013, 2016, 2019. Probably because of this show coming out. Oh, wow. um, but it's interesting you, that one of you guys mentioned that it wasn't as dark and, and horror filled because it definitely has a little bit of a feel of like a, a fantasy movie, like a, a Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Or a, mm-hmm. and they even make a reference to it in yeah. the last episode I just saw. It's pretty funny. Um, which I thought was cool. And it's interesting because when I was reading the books, mm-hmm. there were like, I was, I got them around Halloween mm-hmm. and I started reading. I think I actually got them when we were all working on the Halloween event thing. And mm-hmm. there were times when I would start reading it wanting straight horror. And it would seem like very fantasy or more like an amazing stories kind of horror. Like, okay. like, like give you chills kind of thing. And then there's other times when I was wanting more of a f- fantasy type, amazing story and it would be straight horse because it, it blends both of those things very interestingly but this one leans i think actually a little more into the fantasy until you get towards the end of the first uh season or whatever you want to call okay. this okay it, it does get a little darker later on there's some mystery it's a it's interesting because you it approaches every it approaches every type of genre when it comes to that which i kind of like yeah so, so far i i can feel that as well so I, I definitely like the direction it's going. I like the feel of it. It's very well shot. Um, there are some special effects 
issues. I mean, that's going to happen with the first series of, mm-hmm. of something when they don't know how well it's going to do, but it's got a lot of potential. I mean, even Umbrella Academy had it. The boys had it, you know, and, and certainly those are going to get better as they go forward. Now, I'm assuming that this is left open to multiple seasons. Yeah, there's uh based on what I was looking at with the the books that it comes from and of course it can always go on. This one looks like it covers the first series Welcome to Lovecraft and the second series Head Games. It goes pretty deep actually. There's there's a lot more they can do. There's yeah, there's definitely at least enough books for another two or three seasons depending on what they want to cover. Gotcha. And That's there's awesome. there's a ton more keys too that they don't cover like really... you know, and, the, and the keys can be anything from something spooky to something like, you know, superhero type stuff. Mm-hmm. It makes people really big, makes people really strong, you know, that kind of stuff. Makes people's butts turn inside out. Or blue. The, the Taco Bell key makes your butt turn inside out. <laughs> We're not sponsored by Taco Bell. Hey, fucking goals, man. Podcast goals. Yeah. We will no longer be sponsored by Taco Bell because I made that Mm. joke. But give us a call, Chipotle. I didn't insult you. Yet. Yet. (laughs) Moe's, Jimmy. He gave me good Moe's. I did. Yeah, I I hate to. (laughs) This is your intermission for lock and key. Sponsored by Moe's. Welcome to Moe's. Yes. So, uh, Greg and I, when we worked together, we used to go to Moe's um, occasionally until they decided to replace their uh, chicken with an inferior. Yeah, basically. No, it was like chewy, gristly, like. Gristly thigh, like cheap. I think actually it was vagrant testicles. Is what mm, it was made okay, out of. That would it make was, sense. Yeah, it was the scrotum, not the actual testicle itself. Because it, it just. But I clicked on my promotions tab in Gmail and it was like, red alert from Moe's. The original white meat chicken is back. So, uh, Greg and I will be returning to Moe's and it will reestablish its dominance over Chipotle. Yes. Uh, once again, take its rightful place. On thrones around the country. And thrones covered in queso. And turds. So we all sort of like, well, I like lock and key. Jimmy likes lock and key. Rob will eventually like lock and key if his, if his friends would leave him the hell alone. Exactly. So that's I, on I'm, Netflix. I'm further in than Jimmy is at this point. Though. Yes, you are. It sounds like. That's what she said. That's I don't genetic. That's... <laughs> there we go. All right, Marv Albert. <laughs> Anyway, let's let's move okay, on here. Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know which laugh he wants to do. <laughs> I don't <laughs> even know. I there's probably some sort of like gas leak in my house. Apparently. <laughs> oh jeez, it's you. <laughs> yeah. I haven't had most yet. Uh, oh, there goes our most sponsorship. <laughs> okay, let's talk about uh, Transylvania Six Five Thousand. Let's do that, Rob. Oh man, Rob, you've got please the mic. introduce us. So, this was a movie I saw as a kid. It was released November 8th, 1985. And the director is Rudy DeLuca, 
who in doing a little bit of research, I found, do you know who he is? Mm -mm. He was Vinny. DeLuca's brother. In Spaceballs. Oh. He played Vinny. The the robot gangster guy or whatever. Um, anyway, he directed this movie, and it stars Jeff Goldblum, Ed Begley Jr., Joseph Bologna, Carol Kane, John John Biner, Gina Davis, Jeffrey Jones, Michael Richards, and Donald Gibb, who I did not recognize at all. Nor do I know. And I, I could know. have recognized him from his voice. However, I did not. One of the Bee Gees? Don- Donald Gibb played the Wolfman. Oh, in the movie. Oh, he's uh, from Revenge of the Nerds. He's, ogre. Uh, he's he was ogre, ogre from Revenge oh, of the Nerds. Wow. I was like, no shit. Oh my god. Okay, that's funny. Um, and it was, and I don't know if you guys felt the same, but like when I was watching this movie, I was just like, is everybody in this movie just really? friggin tall i like they were all like no at, at the top of the door frames and mm-hmm. they were like looking over the fences and shit i'm like it That's seems like so it, funny that you mentioned that because they actually i did some a little bit of research because i i think you're talking about the same thing that i found was that the average height of the main cast in this in this movie including gina davis was six three yeah they actually make comment on it on the the special features on the the um Jeez. the DVD or whatever. Like if you if you listen to it with the the commentary on, they talk about that. Which is who does that? What listen to the commentary? Yeah, oh, I do. Does. I That's love the commentary. So weird to me. I didn't for this movie, but I do. That's just such a weird thing to me, so, especially the ones with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah, where he talks over it in his he, really thick accent. Be, like something will happen, it'll be like a car will blow up, and he'll be like, "Oh, the hills, the path where the car blows up," and then like someone will get it shot, be very like, hot. <laughs> and then someone will get shot, and he'll be like, "And here's the path where the guy gets shot." <laughs> he just explains Sounds what's amazing. actually happening. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, Whereas most Arnold commentary X-Men. track is how they shot something or the decisions going in, the creative decisions or whatever, and in. in not with an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. So go out there so, and get your copy of Eraser and watch the commentary track. It's glorious. Being released in, in 1985, it had a budget of $3 million. And it grossed $7.1 million in the United States. And it grossed... Win. And then worldwide, it grossed $7.1 million. So... Its total gross was seven point one million. Yeah, there was not a big distribution situation back in the eighties. <laughs> so yeah, um, I love this movie. I mean, honestly, I remember this from when I was a kid. And what what did you what did you guys think of it? Honestly, I was bored a lot, to be honest. Really? Yeah, I had to start and stop it at least three times. Um, I there were there were funny bits it kind of felt like it went from bit to bit to bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure it did. And well, that's how uh, most comedies are actually. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Like, I mean, one of my favorite ones, national lampoons, Christmas vacation is definitely like that, but um, it has that sort of overacted feel that sort of drives me nuts with certain movies. Like okay. movies like <laughs> clue or stuff like to that. Me, to me, it like, had that it, Jeff well, Goldblum it, feel. Yeah, and it's more the on Ed Begley Jr.'s side. 
like there's a few things where like his reactions to things were like <laughs> way overacted. But but see, I don't I don't feel that they were overacted. I thought they were perfect for the actual part that he was playing, which was the yes it, man. It uh-huh. balanced all that out. It balanced all that ridiculousness. He was like the voice of reason. Well, Goldblum to a certain extent was, but mm-hmm. he was like the horny voice of reason. I, um, but go yeah. on. No, so it definitely had a lot of that, and it's one. It's just one of those things where, like, I know, like Rob, you say, like, you like movies that have like wordplay and like little things within the th- in the stuff mm-hmm, in the mm-hmm. com- in the clever dialogue, clever dialogue, and this was probably leaned more towards that, and that largely bores me. Like, I found my mind wandering a lot. Mm. Um, admittedly, one of the times, the second time I tried to watch it, I was exhausted, so that I can't. So I actually had to rewatch it. <laughs> again um but you can't blame that on the movie no no no. i was it just i was zoning out like a lot so then i kind of went back and i was like okay what parts don't i remember and i went back and watched those Uh, i thought carol kane who i usually don't like was great oh she was fantastic in this movie i love Um, her she was one of my favorite parts of the movie um you could definitely see where michael richards was finding his michael richardsness yeah he was finding kramer yeah, you could definitely see that. You could definitely see how Jeff Goldblum was already his Jeff Goldblumness. Mm-hmm. Oh God, it's so funny. Yeah. Carol Kane was the the like what's her name? It was like Ditsy, some Ditsy name. Loopy, like Dit- Loopy. Loopy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. She basically played the same character in that um, awful zombie movie I talked about. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, she was in it. But anyway. <laughs> And like the, the I, one time I really laughed out loud was with with her when she gets knocked off the, like the building or whatever. Oh yeah, out the window. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I I also I also really liked Joseph Bologna's character. He played Doctor Malavacqua. Joey Bologna. I I thought he was great as oh, Dr. Yeah, Malavadqua, so, yeah. who every time he enters his lab goes absolutely batshit crazy. And then when he leaves his lab, he he's normal. And he's like, what's going on? You know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's your coffee break. <laughs> don't, don't you shouldn't yeah, be working yeah, right no. now. It's so funny. Uh, this movie put me in an incredibly good mood. Um, I felt better throughout the day. Um, mm-hmm. I laughed my ass off in the break room full of people with my headphones on. And I... It, it it was funny, man. There were parts in this movie that had me in stitches. Um, and and we'll get to those. But I, Jeff Goldblum, the look on his face, and it, I guess it's just a very Jeff Goldblum thing. Mm-hmm. But he would say a line that was incredibly cheesy, and then he would have his look on his face like, "Did I just? Oh God, I just said that." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, I know I had to say that, but, oh, God, I can't believe they wrote that. Yeah, it was just this almost disinterest, but just like, yeah, I'm here. Uh, Yeah, whatever. I'm being Jeff Goldblum, and it was was great. So damn funny. Yeah. So I guess we didn't really sort of talk about the plot. Like, oh, so like the, <laughs> yeah, I think I skipked over that. Yeah. I, I, I think the, I hit the, it under the tidbits. But it's a that's newsy. Right. Like basically two, two reporters. I, I got it in the synopsis. Yeah, two reporters are basically sent to Transylvania to interview or find Frankenstein uh, or lose their jobs, like right. newspaper reporters. Um, and they but go before, there. And, 
But before okay. the jumpy journalists can dig up their big story, they must first face the horrors of an extremely clumsy butler, a nymphomaniac vampirus, and a semi-mad doctor, as well as assorted mummies, werewolves, and more Transylvanian oddballs. Can these two bumbling heroes unravel the monstrous mystery, or are they in for some very scary surprises? Mm-hmm. One of the things I do always find funny is, like, the the European countries that people aren't really familiar with over here, just, like, doing random comedic bits with them like mm-hmm. like the whole borat thing or like even this like where no one could really get the accent where like just they had just had like random stuff in there and i thought it was very interesting that i actually thought this movie looked like it was shot on a back lot for most of it but it was filmed it on was location. actually filmed in yugoslavia yeah in, yeah in, Cro- I in uh, croatia realize. i believe it was, it was yugoslavia like i didn't well, realize Croatia that... was part of yugoslavia at the time uh, yeah yeah true yeah greg yeah well this was it was yugoslavia then nonetheless i thought that was actually really interesting that like my whole like all my notes say stuff about like oh that looks like a fake build this looks like the backlot at warner brothers yep yeah and it turned out it was like actual legit including the actors they used for like village people and even the 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 girl girl in it yes (laughs) with that with gib right (laughs) The the little girl actually uh, didn't speak a lick of English and had to be taught her lines like bit by bit phonetically. Yep. Oh, really? So yeah. she played dead really well too. By the yeah, way. she did. And interestingly enough, the uh, the reason this was filmed on location in Croatia was because it was financed by Dow Chemical. The movie was financed by Dow Chemical and they paid for the financing with frozen finances, which meant that they couldn't be spent outside the country of origin. So they had all of this money in Croatia that they couldn't spend. So they just financed this movie. That's really damn funny. Yeah, and it was filmed on location in Croatia in 30 days. And, All right, let's see that. And many of the many of the croats were cast as extras. Yeah, I, I I love this movie. I think it's I think it's very funny. And you know the monsters are actually all people with medical conditions and stuff, and oh, just yeah. I, I just I just love the delivery of so many of these things. The I I will say that in my in my initial thoughts, my initial rewatching was that this movie is just wacky enough to be on my radar. No one else's. Cause I don't think you guys had ever seen it. Right. I'd never even heard of it. I heard the, I had heard the term to where it, it kind of rolls off the tongue of the, the Transylvania six, 5,000. Like I knew the six, 5,000 from something. It's the, the movie is actually a pair of uh, the title is a parody off of a song, Pennsylvania six, 5,000. Uh, I was wondering about that. So, but the movie's just like I said, it's just wacky enough to be on my radar. And in my in my initial thoughts, Michael Richards is borderline annoying, but still funny. However, it's the kind of funny where if you're watching it, it's funny. But if you're the recipient, you're like, "What the fuck, dude? Come on, you- <laughs> yeah, go away, stop." So <laughs> get get off me, bro. What are you doing? In you're stupid. particular, for me, one of the parts that had me absolutely busting out in laughter is where they sit down at the table and they serve them <laughs> a, this. yeah they serve them a Smell grapefruit this. and he's just taking things and smell would you like some cream and he's just smell it. putting smell it in his face <laughs> this is where, where they were, Michael Richards was finding his Michael Richards and apparently they just dropped him off at like a department store and told him to buy stuff so he bought a bunch of random props and just like using them in bits Nice. Like unscripted, which like mannequin legs and shit like that, which is kind of yeah, funny. And, 
And that was something else that you don't hear a lot of anymore. I mean, I know it's still out there and I'm not probably looking for it, but there were a lot of scenes in this movie that were completely improvised. Like mm-hmm. the the scene in the kitchen where they were cutting the fruit to take out to the with um loop the loopy and radu mm-hmm. the the two house servants yeah. where they were getting lunch ready and and cutting fruit and bringing it out the only direction they had for that scene was cut fruit and serve it all of that scene was completely improvised between mm-hmm. carol kane and oh what's the guy's name who played radu anyway between loopy and radu that scene was completely improvised then there was another scene where um Jeff Goldblum and Ed Begley Jr. were in his room and they were talking. The scene was kind of written out. They, they were given the scene. It's it's like a they said it was a master shot. There was no blocking set up. They kind of did their own movement. So they improvised their own movement around the room and did the scene that way. It's like a it's like a two and a half minute scene. That's just one continuous shot. And they just did their own blocking. The camera huh. never moves from the one location. It was kind of, it's kind of a cool way of like of doing something. You have a lower budget. You're mm-hmm. in a, you're in a you're in a location where you pretty much have nothing else to do but mess around with the film. You know, all the actors probably just kind of hung out together. Like, what if we tried this? What if we tried that? Mm-hmm. So they, there, there was a lot of improvising in this film, and 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 I love that. And I I I want to say that they don't really do a lot of that anymore. But I think well, it probably they like I said they did it with with Sonic like all of Jim Carrey's scenes were completely improvised. Well, and that's what I was that's what I was going to say. I, I think yeah. it I think it depends a lot on who the star is. Yeah. So if if it's somebody who can do it, I think they let them do it. Like somebody like Robin Williams, I think they let improvise. Like he improvised a lot in Aladdin. Yeah. Um. But it's yeah. I I just don't feel that you hear a whole lot about that anymore. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, the one thing that did occur to me is it's very weird watching movies with Jeffrey Jones now, uh, because of, uh, I don't know if you knew, if you guys knew, but, uh, he has, he has been arrested multiple times for, uh, underage child sex violations. Oh no, I didn't know that. Oh shit. Yeah. So, um, most recently in like early two thousands, uh, look it up, feel free to look it up, but and then a lot of things like not registering himself as a sex offender and just a child porn and stuff like that. So anything he does now is extra creepy from Ferris Bueller from, you know, like just you Howard see him the in duck. The, yeah. Howard the duck. That was creepy like, in its own right though. But I still love that. Yeah. Movie. He was in stay tuned. And, um, I often reference that one. And, and as soon as he came on screen, uh, in seeing this and having no idea, I was just like, Oh, I mean, it didn't affect the, really the way I f- feel about the movie. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not yeah, the no, other actors, fault. but, um, yeah, uh, not, a, not a great dude for no. sure. Yeah. So that, that was one of the things like, Oh, it's just, it's like, oh, it's weird when it's certain movies that you're like, you don't want to be pulled out of the movie because of some weirdo pervert, but, um, the I was, I was sold on this movie from the first moment I saw Gina Davis in that vampirous outfit. I was like, oh, <laughs> what? The ageless Gina Davis. Mm-hmm. She looks almost exactly the same at the Academy Awards or Golden Globes. One of those two. Uh, let's see. Let um, you you mentioned it briefly, but I did like the twist 
at the end uh, that made me actually want to go back and watch some of the parts that I kind of missed in the middle mm-hmm. from being it like zoned. Was, yeah, it was. For, oh, you were stoned is why you kept missing it. That, that would be zone. Oh, okay. Um, very. See, sweet. I had this really useful assistant that would help me at work. And now that I don't anymore, I'm just exhausted all the time. See, that was a compliment, Jimmy. It was a compliment. I appreciate Nothing. that. Um, it it had a very sweet ending. Um, it was it was a. Uh... <laughs> it wrapped up in a nice bow. Yeah, mm-hmm. a cute bow. I almost said it was a nice little package, but I can't say that with Rob on the line without his head exploded there see there it was um yeah so definitely i liked that you know the the creatures were all coincidences that they were in you know they just had medical maladies or what was gina davis's thing was she like just wanted attention yeah yep she thought she was ugly because of her nose yeah that's what it was although she could technically disappear very easily or quickly so well, but they showed the, oh, yeah. the passageway she was using. So, uh, yeah, 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 sure. I was like, what are you getting at, weirdo? But <laughs> I, yeah, you're, yeah, I remember. Yeah. So that I, I very much like that part of it. I really, I made this movie made me want to go back and try to figure out at what point they started using like better microphones for movies. Because the sound design on a lot of these 80, 80s movies that we watch is not good. Hmm. Especially the comedies that we watch. Like, I don't know what it is with the microphone. Like, there's just random extra noise. It's not, it sounds very thin. You can, like, hear stuff moving around. Like, at what point did they start shooting movies that look like the ones we see today? I don't know. It has to be sometime in the 90s. But it was just a kind of a random thought and random research I wanted to do at some point. Excellent. But so would you guys recommend this movie? Yes, absolutely. 100%. I would recommend this movie in a group setting. Watch uh, it by yourself. See that. Or with I, I, a group. Would, I would say watch it either way. I mean, I've, yeah. I've watched it multiple times. I think I would have preferred this at like an Enzian with a with a group of people. So I think some of the funny bits, especially the bits you were talking about, like stuff that it's like, man, this is kind of funny. But if this dude was in front of me, I'd punch him kind of thing mm-hmm. like i think that would be funnier in a group setting some of it was uncomfortable like in a good way um so i think i would have liked it better that way so would you would you say that you agreed with leonard malton leonard malton gave this one of his shortest reviews ever by the way when this movie was released leonard malton famously from entertainment tonight gave his review transylvania six five thousand stunk I'm Leonard Malton, Entertainment Tonight. Very good. That was his full review. <laughs> In some, I'm not as anti-reviewer as as you are, um, as you guys both are. I think that is in some ways degrading to a, to a movie that was trying something new at the time. And it was definitely a group of comedians that were fi- like, I keep on joking and saying Michael Richards finding Michael Richards. I think the whole cast was fine, was trying things out Mm -hmm. and had the ability to do so based on the funding, based on where they were, based on all of this stuff Mm -hmm. and seeing what stuck. 
and uh, like okay, one of the music conversations I have with people is when you're going from one type of like one band releases an album, it's popular. Then they release an album and it's like not as popular. Then they release another one that sounds completely different. But then, mm-hmm. then you listen to that middle one and you're like, oh, it was kind of in between what they were and what they are now. Mm-hmm. It kind of seemed like that type of movie where it was like people trying some stuff. They had had some success early on. They were trying some new things, seeing what happened, seeing what whatever. As- and I think just sh- shutting it down like, well, it, su- it sucks. That's it. Bye. Is a little... Uh, I'm going to say insincere maybe or yeah well as, as a whole I, I would have to say that that the movie really gave me like a uh, Saturday Night Live vibe with like the way that they were acting some of their roles and whatnot mm-hmm. um, and and in the 80s Saturday Night Live was a huge thing I mean yeah and and I think actually some of these actors actually were on Saturday Night Live were they not uh, I don't think so hold on was Jeff Goldblum ever a Saturday Night Live? No. What about He's, Ed Begley? He Ooh. started off. Jeff Goldblum started off on. I forget what the name of the show was. It was like Friday or something like that. <laughs> it was a. Uh, he was on. He. This was one year before The Fly. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! This was actually the first of three movies that this this was the first pairing of Goldblum and Davis. Mm-hmm. Well, then they got married. And then they did, and then they did a couple other movies together. Jeff Goldblum has actually aged much better. Like he's way, he looks way better now than he did back then. Mm. Um, God, he's had a very long career. Uh, let's see what Jeff Goldblum. There was something that he was in that was like he was on Laverne and Shirley. Um, the Big Chill. I think he was in like, yeah, he was in Nashville, the movie Nashville. That was like, which was a huge hit with him mm-hmm. in it in 1975, which is crazy. I mean, he was also in Death Wish. <laughs> that was his first wow. movie. His first movie was, was, Death, really? was Death Wish. Yeah. With Charles he was Freak. Yep. Freak number one. In wow. Nashville, he was Tricycle Man. It's so funny that they even pinned him back in 1974 <laughs> as being like kind of awkward and weird. Um, well, he's but, got that weird gangly look to him. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see the the SNL references. It also it came out right around the time of uh, the Frankenstein movie as well, too. The Mel Brooks was, movie. So, was Carol Kane an SNL alum? No, no. Don't think I don't think any of them were. <laughs> so anyway, uh, my question that I always ask: remake, uh, sequel, any of those kind of situations? I. <sighs> I'm going to say that I think the movie could benefit from a remake if you casted it appropriately, because this movie will greatly, greatly lean on the the people that you cast in certain roles. Yeah. So definitely don't cast any YouTubers. No. Yeah. No. But like the role of Fejos, which was Michael Richards role, the role of, um, I think, Loopy and Radu. Mm hmm. Um, I think the role of Dr. Malavakwa, as well as even the role of, of Jeff Goldblum's character or even Ed Begley Jr.'s character, but, but more so the others than them. And I think it would greatly depend upon who you cast in those roles. 
Yeah, they have to be twitchy and weird, but believable as just being misunderstood. Right. And I don't know if we have the caliber of actor these days that do that type of role. Because most of them are going to end up being superheroes. If like all the actors, like, I don't think like John, not John Cena, John John Michael Sarah, like is the only real twitchy, weird actor these days. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. A sequel would actually be kind of interesting in a way. I don't think. I don't think there would I mean, be a sequel. There, there, I mean, there wouldn't be. Yeah. Oh, they wrapped it up in such a nice package. Yeah. You know, like the town, maybe remembering these two reporters that, that had hearts of gold that helped them and they need something done. So they get the, they bring them back. But I'm, I'm going to say no sequel, no remake, but worthy of a resurgence in popular culture. So I'd Ooh. like to see this okay. as a movie shown around Halloween in a celebration type setting at the Indian uh, event. Yeah, a seasonal kind of movie. I I think seasonal kind of okay. showing. Nice outside with a whole bunch of people and a bunch of pitchers of beer. Yes. Yeah. So a, a nice new movie for all of us. Yeah. And uh, you know, check us, check it out and let us know what you think. I loved it. So that brings us to our question for the evening. I believe that's all our topics, right? It is. There was a lot of topics this time because we bumped some from last week. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Last week ran long. Hope you all liked that episode as well. But our question, our question this week relating back to Transylvania six, 5,000. What are your top five horror comedies? Sure. Uh, my only fear with this list is that I'm leaving some out. Uh, I just threw these down as I thought of them. And I, will I think our lists are going to be very similar. Possibly. My number five is going to be Dead Snow 2. I thought it was okay. funnier than the first one. Number four, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Number three, Shaun of the Dead. Number two, Evil Dead 2. And my number one, one of my favorites of all time, you should already know the answer, American Werewolf in London. Okay. Werewolf of London. My list took a weird turn. This is known as the singing episode. It is. My list took a weird turn in the fact that it started off with a lot of horror movies from the 90s, like the, the teen type horror movies. Mm-hmm. And then I completely discarded that and put actual good movies in. Uh, number five, Krampus. Love me some killer uh, gingerbread man. Oh, yeah. So good. Number four, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Love me some uh, misunderstood rednecks accidentally oh killing sorority God. girls. <laughs> That's so funny. Point of fact, they did not accidentally kill anybody. They were, well, yeah. They just were there when the people sort of killed themselves, killed themselves by accident, leaping into uh, wood choppers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go with number three, Zombieland. Excellent. Excellent. Love that movie. Love the just love the stuff that that movie did just above and beyond being a zombie movie. Like the little mm-hmm. fun extra, mm-hmm. like the rules and all that stuff. Number, it's not listed this way on the paper here, but number two, I'm going Shaun of the Dead. Uh, again, 
reinvigorated the, the zombie movie genre, made it kind of another another fun little thing, just like Zombieland. And number one, Ghostbusters uh, came out one year before Transylvania six five thousand. Mm-hmm. Right, was able and uh, in some uh, two years before was it an eighty four movie, Jimmy? Um, sure. I, would I believe Ghostbusters was 84. Months old. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure it was an 84 movie. So it came out a couple years before 65,000. Yeah. Maybe led to Transylvania 65,000 getting uh, a uh, greenlit or just extra money that Dow Chemical had laying around. <laughs> just <laughs> so weird. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Ghostbusters, number one, it, you know, just a fun movie. Looking forward to the new one. Yes. As am I. As am I. <laughs> Um, I'm going to change up my list a little bit because I've got two two movies in the same in the same franchise and I'll probably bump them or just combine them into one. But I'm going to put Ghostbusters at number five because I got to give a nod to one of the classics. So I'll put Ghostbusters at number five at number four. I'm going to put Zombieland. Super enjoyable movie. Just a lot of fun, funny good action, nice zombie movie. It just top notch at number three. I've got evil dead Two slash army of darkness. So that was, that was the one I went ahead and combined. God, Ash, Ash is probably the most abused hero in movie history. I mean, all the stuff that they've done to Ash and that he has done to everybody else is just ridiculous. At number two, I've got Shaun of the dead. I love Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Very funny. Uh, Peg and Frost are a fantastic oh, yeah. combination. I yep. love just about everything that they do. There there have been some exceptions. Paul was not so high on my list, but without question, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz oh, yeah. are are two at least so cult good. classics, if not if not what's among my favorite comedies. <laughs> But my number one, and I've talked about it on this show multiple times, it's one of my go-to movies when I'm trying to introduce somebody to a movie that they haven't seen before, and that's Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Hell I yes. love this movie. Tucker and Dale versus Evil is my number one without question. Very well done, gentlemen. And the any of those movies on the list that we read tonight, you have got to see to understand us. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think to to understand who we are and what this podcast is, you you should see those films. You know what didn't make my list? The Dead Sonic Don't the Badgehog. Die. Uh, that yeah, movie that sucks ass. You know what, what? Sonic the Badgehog. No, you know what? You could stand for a remake. Sonic the Vaghog as a porn parody. What would that be? Transylvania six nine thousand. <laughs> yes. So what do we have on tap for next week, guys? Guys, I'm going to start in a series of video game reviews, specifically Ooh. horror games. I will be starting next Ooh. week with my highly anticipated. Long overdue review of Blair Witch for the Xbox One. I've been playing it, and I will tell you what I think next week. 
What movie are you going to make us watch, though, Jimmy? What movie am I going to make you watch? You'll just have to pay attention to our social, our social media, <laughs> our social <laughs> media, uh, because I have not thought that far yet. But Good. I will let and you know when I do. Are we going to give them a quick rundown review of Arcade Monsters? Sure. Yeah, we could include that in there. We can absolutely video games. Yep, video games galore. We're going to an arcade. By the time this episode comes out, we will have uh, gone and hopefully recovered uh, from drinking and playing a ton of video games. Hell yeah! Uh, you guys can, of course, find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me Five podcast, and you can also check us out on Twitter and Instagram. At which point, we you will be able to figure out what movie we are going to review next yes, week. I will be posting that shortly. You can email us if you have your own list at give me five podcast at gmail.com and go ahead and check out our website. Yeah. Give me five podcast.com, which Jimmy is diligently working on to find out a bunch of cool stuff like our store, mm-hmm. our eventually our Libsyn uh, account or so, not our Libsyn account, our uh, Squadcast affiliate account yep. and a couple other things. All those things will be on the website very soon. I'm pretty pleased with it so far. I can tell you that if you are trying to check it out on a mobile platform, it does not work that great yet. So hang in there with us. Thanks for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Everyone say record. 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 And then I'm and does it say record for you guys? Oh. (laughs) Yes. Because I I accidentally double clicked. (laughs) Yes, it says record. Okay, go.